Well, we are closing out this year preparing for our new year. We've been preparing during the month of December. We've been, we've been preparing gifts for other people. One gift we've been working on through the month of <clears throat> December is another means of or way of sharing the gospel with other folks. Three-circle evangelism presentation, it's called. And we've reviewed that and talked about that. We'll revisit it a couple of times in, in January. But the other thing that we have been focused on is prayer, is prayer. Prayer is one of the greatest works that we do. Prayer is one of the most important things that we do, both individually and as a church. And starting in January, we're going to be launching the 1st of January, this coming week, the 1st of January, 30 days of prayer called Who's Your one. And we'll be praying for 30 days for someone that the Lord has put on our hearts that needs to know Him. We're going to pray that God will move in their lives. We're going to pray that He will cause their lives to intersect with others. We're, we're, we're going to pray that, <clears throat> that God will give us opportunities to have conversation with them. But more than anything, we're going to pray that God would do something beyond what anyone humanly could do that He will open hearts, that He will bring people to a sense of repentance or of a need to give up control of their lives and surrender control to Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of you already have the bookmarks. We handed those out already, the Who's Your One bookmarks. I don't know if you've decided on who your one is, but the time is now, and we'll be launching this this week. Now, before I talk about some of the practicalities of that, let me just say something about the Scripture reading today in relation to this idea of prayer. 1 Corinthians 15 opens with Paul saying these words, Now I would remind you, brothers, of what? Of what? Of the gospel that I preach to you. Now, 1 Corinthians 15 is a chapter that is famous for its emphasis on what? Anybody know? Resurrection. On resurrection. It's famous for its emphasis on resurrections. That, that wonderful line in it when Paul says, you know, you, people say he's not raised from the dead. If he's not raised from the dead, then our faith is futile. Our, our following Christ is futile. We may as well eat, drink, and make merry because we're going to die, and that's all there is to it. And we are, of all people, to be most pitied, wasting our lives, spending our lives on this gospel if there is no resurrection. And then that wonderful little turning point in that chapter when Paul, and I just can picture it in my head with his pencil lead snapping as he goes, but now Christ is raised from the dead. And he is announcing at the beginning of this chapter, of course, that many had seen this resurrected Christ. Now, I don't want to take away from the fact that there is a great emphasis on resurrection in this chapter, the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Paul sets it in a historical context. He sets it in the context of witnesses. He is making a point. But I would suggest to you that there is a point around this point. There, is a, there are two, uh, there's a sandwich here 
that you don't want to miss. And the first layer of bread on that sandwich starts with this first verse. Now, I would remind you of the gospel I preach to you. Because resurrection, crucifixion, atonement, redemption are all part of what? The gospel message of Jesus Christ. And so Paul begins that chapter saying, I want to remind you of the gospel that I preached to you. And then, he, and then he lays it out very simply. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ, and here is the simplest of simple gospel messages, Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He was resurrected. He has conquered death. He lives as King. Lay down your arms and surrender to Him. A simple gospel message. So that's how Paul introduces this chapter, the bulk of which is going to be him talking about resurrection. But the beginning of it, he's talking about what? About the gospel. I would remind you of the gospel. Now he continues on through that chapter, talking about the resurrection, making his points legally, logically, does a wonderful, masterful job of that. Then he gets down to the end of the chapter. And at the end of the chapter, it's worked toward a crescendo. And and in that crescendo, he's saying, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Christ has been raised from the dead. Death does not have the final word, and we will be raised. These perishable bodies will put on imperishable bodies. He's just exalting in all of that, in this good news that the kids were singing about, that there is a day coming when God is going to make everything right again. There's a day coming when all of the earth will be set free from sin and bondage and decay. There's a day coming when He will wipe away all tears from our eyes. There's a day coming when this earth will look the way it was meant to look, how it was intended to be. We will be living in a new heaven joined to a new earth and we will be living out the advancement of the government of Jesus throughout the ages. I don't know what that looks like. I just fantasize about it. I just speculate about it. I dream about it. I think about it. I don't have any ironclad proof of how it's going to be, but just look for me riding a lion at some point and doing something cool on a ski slope. I don't know. I'll just, I'm just, I, who knows what it's going to look like? I don't know. All I know is I'm going to be part of it. And you're going to be part of it. And of the increase of His government, there shall be no end. So there's a big galaxy out there, amen? There is a big galaxy out there. And of the increase of His government, there will be no end. Now, Paul is just exalting in all of this. And he's exalting in all of this for a couple of reasons. One, because he wants the Corinthians to have hope. Because there had been those that were running around saying there is no resurrection from the dead. That, that didn't happen to Jesus. That's a myth. That doesn't happen. 
No resurrection. So there were people who were pretending to be God-sent teachers who were infiltrating the church, and they were spreading this message that there is no physical resurrection from the dead. And Paul is wanting them to have hope. He's wanting them to have hope. When you are living in the midst of persecution, you need hope. There, is a, there are Christians in Nigeria today who need hope after ISIS put 11 of them to death as a message to all the Christians of the world. There is a place in communities, there are places in all of our communities around our country and around the world where people need hope. And this is what Paul is saying in this chapter and when he focuses on resurrection. He's saying you can have hope because this isn't all there is. That's the whole point of that line. If there's no resurrection from the dead, then what does it all mean? What does anything related to our faith mean? The resurrection and the reality that this world is not the final word, that death is not the final word, that there is a life to come. That message is what inspires hope in our hearts that enables us to hold on through difficult seasons. How many of you need hope out there? I know I do. I need hope. I need hope every day. And the resurrection gives me But after Paul exalts in all this, look what he does in the latter part of that. that. So the sting of death is sin. Now I want you to notice something. He's transitioned here. He's back to talking about something else. Because he's talking about what the resurrection has achieved. But why was the resurrection necessary? Why was all of this necessary? Why was the death of our Savior necessary? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. At this point, he's not just talking about future victory. He's talking about current victory. The current victory of knowing this, that we are redeemed, that we are bought by His blood, that we belong to Him, that no one can snatch us from His hand, that He can keep that which is committed to Him, that He's begun a good work in us and He will complete it and bring us through to the day of Jesus Christ. The victory is now that we are forgiven, that we are loved, that we're set free from a performance mentality, from the fear of death, from the fear of judgment and punishment. We are free from that as people who understand what Christ has bought for us. And so he says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's come back full circle. Now, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel which I preach to you. Christ died for our sins 
according to the Scripture. He was buried. And three days later, He was raised from the dead in accordance with the Scriptures. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of, the sting of death is sin. But Christ has done something about the sin, hasn't He? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the, the law. If, the, if you don't follow Christ, you're left where? Under what? Under the law, to be judged by the law. And the law can do nothing but crush you. It can do nothing but crush you. So the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Redemption. Adoption. We are His. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then, you have that little word, therefore. Therefore. Therefore, my beloved brothers, you who are ambassadors of this Christ, you who are called to be His witness in the world, you are, who are called to labor for Him. Therefore, beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable. The word steadfast refers to being continually strengthened in one's faith position. This is who I am. This is who I belong to. This is what God has done for me. Be steadfast in the truth of the gospel. This is what God says. This is who God is. This is man's problem. This is God's solution. Be steadfast. The word immovable relates to persistence under attack. So be steadfast and be immovable, strengthened to resist the enemy's efforts to stop us from doing the work that He calls us to do. We have talked for months and months about who's your one. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about this coming year being a year when we, we put everything we have into being a people of prayer. My prayer this morning for you all in our pre-service prayer was that God would put in each and every one of our hearts that question, that wonderful question that the disciples came and asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. I, I am so ready to see God move, aren't you? In so many ways not just in our church, but in all of His churches and in this nation and, in, and around the world. As we prepare to send, uh, to, to send Nami and Sammy Koo and their kids out uh, this coming year, well, we want them to go knowing there's a praying church 
behind them, that is, loving them and calling on heaven for them. We want to see unbelievers come to Christ. We want to see homes restored, families restored. We want to see Jesus move and in ways that glorify His name in families and communities and in nations. We've just begun this work, folks. We've just begun. We've prayed for well over a thousand homes in our area. Pray for well over a thousand. <clears throat> we got a thousand left to go in our current setting. And I believe we're going to do just that. We're going to pray for all those homes. We're going to be praying for all those people. We're going to be praying in January for 30 days for that person that God's put on our heart that needs Christ. And this isn't the only time we'll do who's your one. It'll come up again because God wants us to be a pe not, a, not a people of gimmick, a people of prayer who are serious about prayer. Prayer is not preparation for the work. Prayer is the work because nothing happens without prayer. Nothing advances without prayer. So, he says, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Your labor is not in vain. It brings great joy to the heart of God when His people pray. It is one of the sacrifices that we make as those who are part of His royal priesthood, and it brings great delight to God's heart every time you pray with a heart toward Him. It brings Him great delight. And prayer, the Scriptures tell us, move God. The Scriptures tell us that God responds, that God acts, that God does great things in response to His people praying. And so we want to be part of that prayer army in the earth that knows how to storm heaven for earth's great needs. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing this. And it was so interesting, this was the fighter verse this week. Knowing this, that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. That's where hope comes in. That's where the hope comes in. Now, let me help you get ready for this coming week and who's your one. Because January 1st is Wednesday, all right? Now, this, there's a little booklet up here that's the Who's Your One booklet. And you can take one of these. I don't know that I've got enough for everybody. So <clears throat> we'll have some more in order. But let me show you where you can get to this information and some tools that will help you. So Peter, let's put up the website, please. If you've got your phones, go ahead and open up the crcc.info uh, app on your phone. And then scroll or swipe until you see the card, Who's Your One, right there. If you click on Who's Your One... 
Scroll down. Hope. Whoop, 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 whoop. Back down. Prayer is at the center of every great evangelistic movement, and every movement is made up of everyday people, people like you and me who commit to praying. Now, the way I've set this up in that card, if you begin to scroll down, there's the PDF of that prayer guide that's on the table right there. So that prayer guide, uh, up in the right-hand corner there, see that little, that little, scroll down just a little bit, Peter, there's a pop-out, nope, that little right there, there's a pop-out window there. So if you can't see it on your phone, because it can be a little difficult to see on the phone, you can hit that and it will pop out into uh, the document itself. There's another way to do that. Now, scroll down. Let me show you how to get to this. All right, so here's the prayer guide. Keep going. I want to show them just a couple things in the prayer guide. So, All right, so here's day one. <clears throat> now, every day the prayer guide has a Scripture and a prayer and a place for you to put your one in the prayer. So it says, uh, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So God, I know there's only one way to salvation. Jesus is clear. He's the only hope for a lost and dying world, and that includes your one. Okay? Now, of course, you can write those in the booklet here. If you've got a PDF editor on your phone, you can do it in there. But... Those places are where you're praying for your one. Every day it's a different scripture, a different prayer, a prayer prompt that you can use. All right, now, Peter, just scroll down to the, in the main page a bit. There, more tools. So if you click there, where it says click the pick to open the uh, prayer guide, you can do that, and it will open the guide on your, on your phone. All right, same as the thing above, but just gives you another way to get there. All right, now go down. Click the pick here to download the Who's Your One Family Devotional Guide. This is very cool. Something the North American Mission Board put together. It's a devotional guide that kind of goes along with it if you want to help your children to understand and think through the Who's Your One ideas of prayer. So you can click on that and download the, um, uh, the family devotional guide that they have there. All right, go on down. This is great. How many of you, how many of you use... U version on your phones. <clears throat> if you don't use U version, you ought to grab U version. It's a great tool. If you click that pick where it says visit the Who's Your One guide via U version, it will take you to your U version. It will show you the Who's Your One 30 day prayer. You can hit start plan on the first, and then <clears throat> every day you can just do it right there from your phone inside the U version. Very cool. And then last, there's also a 40-day devotional guide that's built around Who's Your One. And again, more devotion, some exhortation, kind of, you know, devotional material if you want to supplement this. And that's also in U version, and you can click that. It'll take you to your U version. You can hit, you can hit start, and it will start you on your, uh, on your way. So there's different ways you can access this. Now, the other thing we're going, be, we're going to be putting up on that card this week is a little thing that says, tell us who your one is. And all we want in that is first names, okay? Just first names. Tell us who your one is. You'll enter a first name so that we can compile those and so that we can have that list available 
So for those of us that want to, we can be praying through that list along with you. We can be praying for those who are your one as well. Okay? Anybody on board besides me? Good. I some on board. Over here, on board. We're ready to go. <clears throat> Listen, God's going to do this. And I'm telling you, we sit here, this little group, and we kind of go, <laughs> yeah, we're going to do it. You know, and, and inside there's that little sense of, you know, I don't know what kind of difference we're really going to make, but hey, we're going we're gonna to do this. And, and listen, listen, this is why Paul says what he said. Therefore, brothers, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. It doesn't take much reading through the New Testament to realize how much prayer is the work of the Lord. Paul, over and over and over again, praying for you. Ever since we heard, we've been praying for you. I bow my knees to the Father to pray for you. Take up the, the sword of the Spirit and praying with all manner of prayer. Over and over again, we're told this is the work Everything flows from this. Everything flows from this. So thank you for being here and being exhorted to start this with us this week. And uh, we hope that everybody will be on board for sure by next Sunday. Uh, watch, there'll be some text messages and some, uh, and some emails to remind you. But um, I think God's going to use this in a wonderful way. Uh, He's going to use it at the very least to soften our hearts, to get to increase our compassion, to increase our concern and our love for others. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen.